All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our program. We're glad to have you tuned to the TSN uh, Lawn and Garden Hour, and, and I'll be here for the next hour to answer your lawn and garden questions. Got brisk overnight. I don't know if it's uh, passed all the way to the south part of the state, but in the northern half of the state, oh, my goodness, went to bed warm, got up cold, walked the dog early this morning, and he and I decide that's enough of that. Let's go back into the garage. Let's go inside. And uh, so, anyway, this is a short one. I don't think this uh, cold spell is going to last very long and not uh, terribly severe, not like last week. So, glad to have you tuned, and we are here to answer your lawn and garden questions. That's my job. Jared Taylor is here to answer the phone and uh, make sure that you're calling for that purpose. And uh, the phone number is 888-256-1080. I can't give you any Olympic updates. Don't have that information. That's not my calling. Uh, you'll have to find that somewhere else. Can't give you much of anything else. Don't have a prediction on the Super Bowl. Both good teams, it looks like, and teams that are kind of easy to root for, unless you're from one of those two cities. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Our son, uh, Todd, works for the NFL Network right beside SoFi Stadium. And uh, But he's from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, from Dallas and McKinney, and so he's still a Cowboys fan. So anyway, the uh, phone number, if you'd like to talk uh, plants, 888-256-1080. Call right now, please, and let's fill up those phone lines. That would, that would do my heart good. That uh, takes away the angst of all of that. Well, as we approach the middle of February, there's a lot of cleanup work in big parts of Texas where ice and snow last week broke a lot of branches. Uh, we've been able to get out and assess a lot of that damage. Uh, parts of my listening audience did not have any ice or snow, and therefore you didn't have any damage. And you think, well, what is Neil talking about? But if you are in a part of the state where there was snow and especially the ice, the freezing rain, uh, you have seen live oaks that have broken. You have seen yopon hollies and cherry laurels and pines that are bent. Um, and on our property, we have 11 acres outside the Metroplex, and eastern red cedars were hurt pretty badly. And we were looking at some as uh, as we came toward town to get to the studio. And, uh, oh, my goodness, there are trees that are completely broken in half, eastern red cedars. whole tree's gone. So... Uh, it did significant damage in the Metroplex. Um, that just happens, unfortunately, and it's kind of an act of God, and you don't anticipate those things, but freezing rain is always the worst thing that can happen. Heavy, wet snows are next on the list, and then sleet usually falls to the ground. It's, it's difficult to drive on sleet and difficult to drive in snow, but they don't do the plant damage that freezing rain and, and wet snow will do. Um... You are on time now for vegetable planting of a couple of the crops. Uh, this would be the time in South Texas uh, to be planting, and, and for most of Texas, to be planting the coal crops, coleslaw. That would be uh, things like cabbage and broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and uh, also uh, cauliflower, kale. It's also uh, the time to be planting Irish potatoes. Uh, if you're in the in the middle part of Texas or North Texas, you need to get onions planted and English peas. You're just about out of time, and you are really late if you're in South Texas for those. And then uh, in South Texas, time for planting leafy and root vegetables. As soon as it warms up just a little bit, you have a day or two. No, nobody's counting that precisely. 
Uh, if you're thinking about transplanting trees and shrubs, that needs to be done right now uh, while they're dormant still. They're not going to be dormant much longer, and so it needs to be done in the next couple of weeks. Uh, that would be for moving a plant that's established in your yard to another place in your yard or somebody else's yard. Um, that's enough to get us started. We'll fill in if we have to, but hopefully you will call. Hopefully Jared will pick up the phone and, and find that we have four callers waiting to go on the air with me. Please call now. The Texas Lawn and Garden Hour will take our first break, and then we'll come back to your calls. It's toll-free anywhere you can hear me. Our 33 stations are live and ready. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. Call right now, please. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening is now in its uh, sixth printing but the printing has been held because there's no paper they got halfway through and ran out of paper and uh, that's typical of all book printing right now a lot of the printers most of the publishers are are delaying printing of their of their titles uh, just because of paper shortages everywhere you're hearing about it's no different from from uh, paper towels and toilet paper to printing books paper of all kinds my book is self-published, so I could finally have the book I always wanted to be able to hand to you and say, this represents the best work I can do. And to do that, at least by my measure, I wanted to hire Carolyn Skye as my editor and Cindy Smith as a graphic designer. I didn't want to go to committee meetings and work with people I had never met before through a publishing house, so I self-published this book. It has 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, things you have to know to get started, things that apply to all the other 10 chapters. Chapter 2 is unique. I've never had it in a book before. It's a 48-page calendar. Four pages are dedicated to each month, telling you what needs to be done in that month for each county in the state of Texas. That's Chapter 2. And then Chapters 3 through 11 cover trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables in incredible detail. 344 pages, it's a hardback, 840 of my photographs, and it's being printed in San Antonio at Clear Visions uh, Press, not overseas. I wanted it here so we could keep Texans employed and also so I could go to the press checks. It is not in stores and it's not on Amazon. I wanted to do it myself because that way I can sign every copy as it sells. The two places you can get it are by calling my office Monday through Friday business hours at 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it right now. Oh, and by the way, satisfaction guaranteed. The book's only thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage, and that is a bargain. I'll guarantee that it will pay for itself by the end of this spring, or I'll refund every penny. 74,000 copies sold, not one request for a refund. And so I think you have pretty good odds of uh, being happy with your purchase. The other way, the better way to order, it is through neilsperry.com, my website, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Mueller represents homegrown goodness. 
That's what Mueller is all about. They've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years. Well, now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. Their easy-to-assemble, bolt-together greenhouses come in five sizes. From 6x9, that's too small, you need a bigger greenhouse than that, to a robust 12x21. And they feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows, a Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get a great greenhouse from a great Texas-grown company. That's Mueller. Visit them online at M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553. MuellerInc.com, Mueller Greenhouses. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly Robinson, thank you very much, sir. And we have a couple of lines open if you'll hustle to get them now. Don't call at uh, at a quarter of 12 and say, well, I never can get through. Call now. You will get through. Jared is waiting for the phone to ring at 888-256-1080. Let me do that again. I'll give you a good, clean read on that number, 888 888- Two five six ten eighty for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call right now. Let's go to Bill in Amarillo. Bill, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, I'm wondering what would you put in if there's anything. What would what can you put in your soil to add nitrogen, iron? I throw some cast iron shavings in there a couple of times a year. But I was just wondering if there was anything you could add to your soil to get nitrogen and all everything it needs. Well, certainly. Why are you wanting to do this? What's the what's the problem? What are you? Well, just yeah, it just doesn't seem to get uh, just just doesn't seem to grow real well. All right. It had um, vine. It had some viney stuff growing in it for years mm-hmm. until I ripped that out, and it just doesn't just doesn't seem to grow real well. There's a, a much bigger, broader solution to your problem, Bill, than just what do you throw into the soil. Let me, let me give you a not terribly long but comprehensive answer. You start with soil amendments. What do you add to the soil? Not nutrients, but soil amendments. Um, this is kind of like what do I, what do I add to the, the cement when I mix up the cement for my foundation? That's kind of important to the strength and, and durability of your house. And so you mix it very carefully and, and a prescribed blend. In the case of improving a soil, wherever you live in all of your life, anywhere on the face of the earth, if you add organic matter to the soil, you will improve it. And I'll tell you what I do with, with my garden. Um, and I'll tell you the one place that I would change it, uh, depending on whether I had sand or clay for my native soil. I add, if I'm trying to grow flowers or vegetables or, or small, um, small plants, things are going to be very short when they're mature. I'm talking about yeah, pretty much yeah. annuals and perennials and vegetables. Uh, I, I will include probably four or five inches of organic matter in the top foot of soil. 
a lot of people put on a half inch of, of manure and, and rototill that in or, or turn it in with a spading fork and say, well, I'm done. And that's not done. So what I'll do is I'll get rid of all the existing vegetation, uh, either by spraying it and killing it or by, by removing it physically. I will then, before I put anything into the soil, I'll rototill down 12 inches. Then I'll add uh, two inches of sphagnum peat moss, one inch each of finely ground pine bark mulch, uh, rotted manure, and also compost. So that's five inches of organic matter. And then I'll rototill that down to that same foot uh, deep. And then I have almost like a potting soil. That's what plants need to grow well. And that's also going to raise the the level of the, of the garden. Uh, in Amarillo uh, and in other parts of West Texas, that's not going to be nearly as important as it will uh, the eastern half of the state where there are times of, of uh, excessive rain. But if you get too much rain, that'll keep things from drowning. All right, if I'm in a sandy soil, that's where I'll quit. I'll just add those four kinds of organic matter. Yeah. If I'm in a clay soil, I will also add one inch of expanded shale, S-H-A-L-E. That's a product that's kind of like ground-up clay pots, flower pots, and it it helps loosen the clay soil when added with those other kinds of organic matter. And then every year, once a year, I'll add half that much of those things again, more, and I'll give it a booster shot, a booster. Every every uh, winter, about January, I'll add some more and rototill it again. All right, so that answers what do I add to the soil to make the soil perfect for growing plants. Now, then I'll, I'll have a soil test run to see what nutrients I need to add. And if I need to add nitrogen, which is the most common one that will show up as deficient, then I'll add a, a, a high nitrogen fertilizer uh, that has maybe one-third of the nitrogen in slow-release form and, and two-thirds in, in a faster-release form. And a good nursery or hardware store, uh, not, a, not a national chain store, but a, a good independent local store, or a feed store can show you on the label what you're looking for. They'll explain that. But you want you want a, a really good fertilizer, probably the same thing you put on your lawn grass, which is really odd to, hard to believe, but that's what you would use. Just make sure it doesn't have a weed killer in it. And so it's high nitrogen and uh, one-third, 30 to 40% slow-release nitrogen. Um, as far as iron is concerned, you've got to show me that you need iron added before I'm going to agree to adding any iron. And iron filings are a total and complete, absolute, and useless waste of time. That's the wrong form of iron. Plants can't use that iron. You need to use what's called chelated iron that remains soluble for them to uh, be able to pull it in through the roots. Uh, that part, hmm. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but that's soil science and, and iron filings do not work. So, no, I'll be doing So there you go. All right, that's, that answers that's, my question, bud. Yeah, oh, yeah, that and more. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate hey, that's you. just exactly what I needed. Thank you very much. I appreciate much, your call. Listen to this sequence of calls. Amarillo Alpine, Amarillo Alpine, coming up here. I love this program, and the College Station isn't reporting in yet, nor is Victoria or Corpus Christi. We have those markets. Let's go to Gary in Alpine. Gary, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, Neil. Good morning. Um, I have a question about uh, a new lawn. I had uh, Bermuda grass and a, and a bunch of Dallas grass and, and some other uh, 
uh, undesirable grasses. So I, I, I hired a, a guy to come in and put in a landscape irrigation system. And as preparation to that, he's grubbed out all the old uh, uh, grasses that were there in the front and in the back. But he's uh, talking about putting in fescue. And I wasn't sure if that was the right thing to do. I read in your book about uh, zoysia a little bit. Um, I think I need to get away from Bermuda grass, but uh, I just wanted to hear your opinion about that. Um, did you like the looks of Bermuda other than the the weeds that you had? Uh, not too much, uh, to tell you the truth. It was uh, real patchy and uh I just uh, didn't have a very good cover with it. There were a lot of areas that were bare. and uh, Okay, and were they in the shade or were they out in full sun? Well, some of it was in the shade um, and some of it was not. Uh, I, I think it, it was probably uh, partly a lack of water as well because um, it was well, that's, hard. That's to going to bother any grass, and so you have to deal with that. Sure. That's why you're putting the sprinklers in. Okay. Sure. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of Bermuda either, and, and so I'm not trying to convince you uh, of that. Um, zoysia would be a good possibility. Let me bring everybody up to speed because I don't know how this can be, but there are a lot of people listening right now that don't know about Alpine and Brewster County. And the fact that you're at 5,000 feet above sea level, nestled in some beautiful mountains right there by Sol Ross. My dad founded the biology department at Sol Ross during the Depression. And so I have a fondness for Alpine. I, I left when I was two years old, but I still have a fondness for Alpine. It's a very different climate. The average rainfall is about 11 inches, and that's in a good year. And uh, but, but you can grow fescue. Fescue would be good if you have a, a dependable water supply. It's planted in the fall. Uh, it's planted in, in September, and uh, it will look its worst in July and August uh, because it thins out. Then you have to overseed it every uh, September. Zoysia might be a good choice for you, but it will be very brown during the winter time. That's normal for it. It goes dormant. Um, I think I think perhaps zoysias might be your, your best uh, uh, alternate option if you don't want Bermuda. There's some beautiful St. Augustine in Alpine. Um, I've, I've always remarked every time I've been in Alpine that uh, St. Augustine looks better in Alpine than it does in Dallas-Fort Worth, and ah. which kind of amazed ah. me. Uh, but but uh, just because your climate is, is, is more challenging, there's no question. Sure. But As far uh, as the timing, mm-hmm. I have a question about the timing because I've got sure. bare dirt now, and I need to get uh, something in there. Uh, and and he was talking about uh, seeding the fescue here in, in about 30 days when he's after he's got the landscape irrigation system in. Well, Is that feasible out here? Yeah, it might be feasible, but it will it will come up. It will be very wiry, and then it will fizzle as you get into the summer. I've tried that. Now I'm also trying it in a in a humid, hot uh, environment that you don't have. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, that I haven't okay. tried in Alpine because when I was two years old, I wasn't planting fescue. And so sure. I, I don't have sure. that firsthand experience. I would ask a little Last- bit more, but I, I don't think that's going to be optimum. Anywhere in the cool climates of the north, they, they do not recommend planting fescue in, in March or April. It's it's always left until the fall. I, I wonder. I don't My know last much... question. Yeah, you're doing fine. Uh- uh, last question was about the uh, will the fescue be thick enough to suppress any uh, Dallas grass that wants to Nothing take root is. in there? Nothing is. Nothing mm-hmm. is. You're going to have to spot treat. 
uh, with the glyphosate to kill any any Dallas grass that comes up, but it'll be small as it comes back up. And uh, mm-hmm. it's okay. it is the one weed that will invade all lawns. It's the it's the um, uh, what do they say in the animal kingdom? It's the the king. It's the it's the the, the um, top predator. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly right, and that's what it is. Uh, we don't have MSMA anymore, or I would have sent you back to Bermuda to get rid of the Dallas grass because you you could have used mm-hmm. MSMA. Uh, the commercial uh-huh. applicators seem always to have some MSMA somewhere. Just a casual observation mm-hmm. on my part there, but but um, I I hope that you'll like the fescue. You know what I would do? I'd talk to your county extension agent. I'd talk to the folks at, at Morrison's and uh, ask if they can point you to a few fescue lawns in your area. They ought to look great right now. This is its time to shine the next couple months. And, and go look at them and, and see what you think. See if you're happy with them. Talk to your landscape contractors. See what see what it looks like. See how happy you are in, in what you see. And ask about zoysias also. Great. Thanks so much, Neil. I'm glad you called. I love your town. Have a great day. Take care. <laughs> Bye. All right. Let's see where we are. I need to take a break. We have Stephen in Amarillo and Iris in Alpine. Back and forth. And we have the line open if somebody... Well, you don't have to be from those two cities. We will take cities that start with B now <laughs> or any other any other letter. 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. Um, see what I have here. I need to tell you about eGardens, my free electronic newsletter. comes from my computer to your email box uh, every uh, Thursday. Mine always comes at 6.04, 6.04 p.m. on Thursdays. We send it out by constant contact. We have about 80,000 people who get eGardens now, a very high open rate. And uh, so that's, that's exciting. And uh, there always are five stories. One of the stories will be a featured plant of the week. One of the stories will always be a featured question of the week, something that has come up repeatedly. And another of the stories will always be gardening this weekend, where I point out the things that you need to do the next day, Friday or Saturday or Sunday, things that are ultra-timely. And then there will be one or two other stories in eGardens that week. And so I hope that you'll uh, take a look at it and, and sign up for it. You can do both on the same page on my website at neilsperry.com. You must subscribe, but remember it's free and it's weekly, and I will never give or sell your email address to anyone, nor will I ever spam you. You're not going to get uh, notes from me because you subscribe to eGardens. You're not going to get any special offers, none of that junk. It's just you're going to get eGardens. And so if you want to see what it looks like, the most recent issue is right there on on the same page. Go to neilsperry.com, same place you go to buy my book. That's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, except that in this case you click on the eGardens tab. Scroll down and you'll see where you can see the, the issue from two days ago, and you also sign up right there. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Appreciate that. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's see. It's turn for Amarillo. Stephen, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. This is going to be a first, folks, for this call, I think, if I have everything copied down right. How can I help you? All right. I seem to come in come at you with a lot of firsts. All right. So my wife and I, we're going to try to grow tobacco. We've got uh, two different varieties by seed. We've got uh, Burley and Virginia. 
And the soil that we're going to be growing it in is rocky because somebody that owned my home before me filled a certain area of it with river rock, um, about, I don't know, a quarter-sized river rock. Well, since then, um, I have raised a hog out there. And so it is now, the river rock is still there, but underneath that there was dirt. And then now she has worked that soil, obviously, with her manure, as well as I've been throwing straw hay in there um, to help compost. What about so, I know it, <laughs> that that is not exactly the mix that I gave to the earlier caller, is it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so we're uh, I know it's a solanaceae plant, um, in, which puts it in the tomato and pepper plant family. Night, um, but what can you tell me about it? Pest, disease, and and just thoughts in general. Well, I don't have a, a lot because we don't normally typically raise uh, tobacco in Texas. I'm sure if you go to North Carolina State University, you're going to find a lot of stuff on their uh, on their website. Um, but ornamental tobacco, flowering tobacco, is Nicotiana, is uh, a very common annual flower that we use, and and some of the same pests will get on it: the tomato hornworm and and uh, other pests that uh, that that bother uh, tomatoes and and peppers and eggplant and others. Um, and so I think you probably have to be on the lookout for those. Um, seemed like there was something else I wanted to mention to you, but I think those are probably going to be your your prime ones. And uh, just be prepared to to. Um, uh, I I don't know about the controls of those things, Stephen, on a on a crop that is going to be used as a as a. I don't know whether you call it a food crop or a consumable crop. I guess is probably the right phrase, um, but. Um, I, I really think NC State is going to be your best source. They're, they're probably better known for a really good ag school in a, in a state that raises tobacco. That's probably going to be your best place. North Carolina State North Carolina University, State correct? University, yeah, NCSU. They have, they, okay. I don't know anything about their agronomy, and that's going to be in the agronomy department. I don't know anything about the agronomy, but I know that their horticulture website with their arboretum, the uh, J.C. Ralston Arboretum, is, is outstanding. It's one of my favorite uh, 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 reference websites. Um, and I, think if you, I think if you Google uh, common tobacco insect problems, and, and then put the keyword university in also. As soon as you kick university in there, you're going to get to the southern universities uh, in those states where tobacco is raised. All right. I will try that. Thank you very much. I can, I, I'm kind of like the phone operator. I can, I can connect you, but I don't know much. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for the I've, call. Good, good question. Fun uh-huh. question. And that one would Thank apply you. also. You bet. Thank you. That one also would apply to the uh, flowering tobacco. Uh, those are, that's a beautiful uh, crop. If you've not grown uh, Nicotiana flowering tobacco, you ought to. I've grown that a lot of times. It's a beautiful plant. Let's go to Iris in Alpine. Iris, this is Neil. Good, uh, good morning. Hello, Iris. All right, I think Iris may have headed outdoors. All right, let's go back to Amarillo, folks. And this will be the last call in my sequence. And so, 
Uh, we may have used up all the callers out of those two cities. It's time to get some other cities involved, apparently. Uh, just a odd fluke that we've had only those two cities. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. And I'll tell you what, Bill, in Amarillo, it's another bill, a different bill, he assures us. Let's uh, wait, and I'll get a, another break out of the way, and then we'll come to you. Uh, this will be Bill in Amarillo in just a moment. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is my book. And if you want to know more about you, I have photos of uh, flowering tobacco and information about it uh, in the in in the book. As an example, out of the 840 photos, you can bet that that one's going to be in there because it's a lovely plant for the shade. Uh, this is your go-to gardening reference. In fact, in the annual and perennial chapters, I have multi-page charts of the 100 best annuals, 120 best perennials, telling you how tall they grow, how wide they grow, what their growth forms are, what colors their flowers or foliage, if we're growing them for foliage, uh, come in. Uh, what months you'll find them most colorful if you're trying to plan a, I would just say, a September wedding in, in your garden and you need something that's going to be in full bloom at that time, it needs to be pink, then there you go. It's it's all in that chart. Uh, the uh, pluses and minuses, whether it needs, uh, as per Neil, what I think are the strong points of these plants, uh, whether it needs sun or shade, et cetera, et cetera. That's... Uh, that's just a part of the book, a part of the annual and perennial chapters. Uh, chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas, the hardiness zones and the rainfall areas of Texas, the soil uh, 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 portions of Texas. Chapter 2 is that 48-page calendar that tells you month by month when you do everything. When do you put out pre-emergent weed killer granules in South Texas or in, in the Panhandle? It's all in Chapter 2. When do you uh, plant all the various vegetable crops? That's critical information. It's all in Chapter 2, the calendar. 48 pages of information, 4 pages per month. Chapters 3 through 11 cover trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. This book, I think, could be the only garden reference you're going to need for the state of Texas. It covers everything outdoors, lawns, landscaping, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. Uh, it is not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. I sign every copy as it sells. I have all the copies that remain of the fifth uh, printing, or soon will have all of them, in my possession in McKinney. Uh, there still is one more shipment uh, in the warehouse in San Antonio. It's printed in San Antonio, and it's a hardback on high-quality paper. The sixth printing is underway, but they've had to shut it down because of a paper shortage of all things. It's always something. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> this book is only thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage, but don't look for it in stores and don't look for it on Amazon. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. You can buy it from my office by calling my uh, office uh, during the week, 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W, 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it right now at neilsperry.com. I'll sign it, and I will guarantee your satisfaction, or I'll refund every penny you spend. So far, I've never been asked to refund a penny on this book. That's 800 800- 752-GROW, or better yet, Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. 
Again, we have time for another call or two. I have Bill in Amarillo. We'll go to him in just uh, next, in just a moment. But uh, that's the last call I have on the uh, call screen. If you'd like to call, toll-free, 888-256-1080. Bill, this is Neil. Good morning. How can I help you this morning? Well, good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. I got a question for you about a house we just bought um, last summer, actually. And um, it was the yard was taken over by what I believe they call pigweed or careless weed. And I was wondering what the best thing would be to get rid of that garbage because it was taken over my grass. And I obviously didn't get it to it early enough. So I was wondering what you would recommend. Um, that is a weed that will go away if you mow frequently. And as, as much as you are allowed to and can, if you water a little more and fertilize a little more. You can always fertilize more. I, I don't I don't know how often you're put under water restrictions. I know you've been in horrible droughts a lot in the last few yeah. years. Um, but that is a weed and and this is not a, a personal attack of you. It's it's the nature of where you are and what the weather has done. It's a weed of neglect when we have a lawn that just for any reason uh, hasn't or can't receive the kind of care that it needs then that weed will move in. It's the, one of the first weeds to to uh, abandon a lawn when we start caring for the lawn a little bit more. Bermuda will crowd it out. Uh, mowing will, will choke it out. And so those are the things you can do. You can also use a broadleafed weed killer spray. Uh, that would be something containing 2,4-D. The number's 2, and then a comma, 4, a hyphen, and the letter D, as in dandelion. Uh, that That spray applied when the the weed is growing actively in the early part of its life cycle will eliminate it. You need to read and follow the label directions very carefully to avoid damaging nearby trees and shrubs uh, because the weed killer does not differentiate between uh, your landscape shrubs and the weed. They're all broadleaf plants. But you can you can be very precise in how you apply it, especially if you use a pump sprayer instead of a hose-in sprayer, mm-hmm. and you can get rid of it pretty easily that way. Okay, when would you when would you recommend I put this stuff on there for the first treatment? Well, it may only be one treatment because you, you're going to kill the weed. It, it's not going to kill it uh, overnight. It may take it a uh, uh, couple weeks. You'll see the the okay. weed start to become very distorted. It's a growth hormone. And the weed will start to twist and gnarl and, and die away. Um, and like I say, you put it on when the weeds are growing actively. And uh, okay. your last freeze is going to be somewhere in April a lot of years. And so mm-hmm. you're looking at May or June, somewhere in that time period. Okay. So then my my other question that I didn't tell your, your guy that answered the phone, but uh, what would you recommend considering that we've had a drought for I know the last four years out here. What would you recommend for fertilizer out here so that it doesn't burn anything up? Uh, that's Knowing all the water more restrictions. To... Go ahead. Knowing all the water restrictions that we typically end up with. All right. Uh, I would, and this is uh, Bermuda, you said. This would uh, be all yes, the sir. more reason to use a fertilizer that has uh, that slow-release component. I'm, I'm talking only okay. nitrogen now. Nitrogen is the first number of the of the three number analysis, and um, you want something that has. Uh, you're looking for the keywords of encapsulated or timed release, 
and you want 30 to 40 percent of that nitrogen in the fertilizer bag to be slow release. You want some quick release nitrogen so that you get some green up. You don't want to just put it out and say, well, I didn't do anything. You want to see the lawn look better right away, but you also don't want it all to be gone two weeks later. If you put ammonium sulfate out, which is 2100, It'll look great. And you say, wow, that was fabulous. And then that's that's in 10 days. In 20 days, you say, wow, what happened? I went off the edge of the cliff. There's no, there's no more growing. And and so you don't want that. You want, you want a sustained feeding, and that way it doesn't outgrow the ability to take water in. And so, okay. uh, and I would, I would fertilize, um, I would fertilize about two or three weeks after your last killing freeze. So that's probably going to put you about 1st of May, as far north as you are. Folks, this is a call from Amarillo, and this is, this is going to be significantly later than it will for almost all of my other listeners. My next call, last call today perhaps, is going to be another bill, our third bill of the day. But he's in Aransas Pass, <laughs> which is the opposite end of the state. And, you know, he could be putting yeah. these fertilizers out now. So that's, that's the difference. But you, you, would, uh, you would fertilize uh, about two weeks after your last killing freeze in the spring and maybe 60 days later and then for sure in early September. So those would be your times, two or maybe three applications uh, given the drought. All righty. Well, sir, I appreciate your time. Thank you so I'm much. I'm glad you called. Have a great day. Take care. All right, so to Bill and Aransas Pass, let's see. I have one more break. Let me get this in, and then I will come to you. We'll talk about your clay soils. I would be honored to do that. My website is neilsperry.com. I'll do a very quick version of this ad so we can get to him as quickly as possible. That is where you buy my book, Lone Star Gardening. It's the only place you can buy my book other than calling my office. And uh, so that is at neilsperry.com. You'll also find answers to my 1001 Frequently Asked Questions on that website. And that's where you sign up for eGardens, my free electronic newsletter. All of that at neilsperry.com. It's also where you find archived information on rose rosette virus. I get so many questions about rose rosette that I just leave it archived there. And St. Augustine uh, challenges get so many questions. I've just left that information archived there for you. All of that and a whole lot more at neilsperry.com, neilsperry.com. There's a lot of talk these days about Made in America. I'd like to tell you about something that's been made in America for 90 years. Nine, zero years. That's Mueller Metal Roofing, Mueller Steel Buildings, made right here by people who care about quality, both of materials and of workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building, maybe a shed or a greenhouse for the backyard, whatever it is, Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA, and with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location right near you. When you choose a Mueller, when you choose Mueller for metal buildings or roofing, you are choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property. And you're supporting local jobs and local families. Ordinary hardworking folks who are proud to provide a product that's made right here in America. If, if you 
Find a company that's been around for 90 years. They are doing things right. Visit MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Again, the phone number, 877-268-3553. Mueller, MuellerInc.com. Mueller, made in America and made to last. More after this. All right. Thank you, Kelly. And Jared, are we out of time or we have a minute? Okay, a few seconds. Bill in Aransas Pass, I I have got off on my time on my clock. Uh, what is your question quickly, and I'll try to help you. I was going to say I highly recommend your book to anybody. Second Thank of all, you. are you here? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I highly recommend your book to anybody. I also, uh, we had clay soil up in Kansas. We used to use the old busted-up sheetrock for the gypsum and it. It was free, and you get it anywhere. Yeah, that that would not be totally foreign, but I I really would rather use things that are well-proven, time-proven. But I appreciate okay. you going. I really appreciate your, your comments. Folks, thanks for listening. Until next week, happy gardening.